Hello and welcome to the Video Games Men. I am your dungeon master, Rob Zakes. And I am, you know, a, a player, Ben Gallagher. And we are the Video Games Men. And if you don't like RPGs, man, this is not the episode to listen to. Because that's pretty much all you and I have been playing, right, Ben? Yes. Oh, entirely. Um, and we've got... We've got it all covered. East, we've, we've been playing. West. Oh yeah, yeah. We've been mixing it up, and we've been playing. The, you know, best part. Not only have we been playing them, we've been playing them together. Oh yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about. Do you? Should we start? What should we start with? Um. Hmm. I mean, we can quickly go through the two I've been playing, and then kind of dig into the the uh, mutual experience ones. Of, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you, you were telling me you've been playing. Uh, I I feel like I know this name. Maybe I've, I've heard it bandied about on forums or something. But the Dragon Guard series. Yes, I've been playing one and three, but not two, because that one was more expensive. Yeah. Oh, um, you're, you're not playing like they, they haven't like released them digitally or anything. You had to go track down physical yeah, copies. Exactly. I had to track down a physical copy of Dragon Guard, which is a weirdly embarrassing thing to ask about. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because it's like, oh, I would like to play a, a, a game where you can literally kill children. That's, yeah. I, would, I, I might not play that game for that very reason. I was kind of vaguely interested in it until you said <laughs> kill children. I was like, oh. Yeah. It's, hmm. There's some messed up stuff in the first one, especially. Although, in the third one, you're also, sorry, I should perhaps... Yeah, Go maybe, maybe give some context goes. for me yeah. who doesn't understand why I'm killing children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't understand why there's a side quest where you kill children. Oh, that's even worse. I thought it was just like a you know Fallout style. Hey, there's children here, and you can kill everyone. So, but no, they actually quest you with it, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, keep going. I want to hear it. It's uh. Dragon Guard is a kind of hybrid of action RPG and uh, aerial combat. And by action RPG, I mean like action games like Dynasty Warriors with some RPG elements like leveling up weapons. A third person character stats. action game with role playing elements. I dig it. I dig it. Precisely. Yeah. There's nothing I love more than <laughs> equipping someone with the sword and seeing one stat go up and being like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then fighting 100 people. Mm hmm. I mean, it's it's a bit more realistic than Dynasty Warriors because you're usually taking on like groups of maybe up to twenty. Right, which is super it's, realistic because someone yeah, one I person said, can sword fight with twenty people. Oh, you usually are also godlike. Uh, okay, well that's all right then. And, and like tied with a dragon, so especially if, like if you are taking on twenty people, it's like you can call the dragon and it'll just kill everybody. Just like real life. Yep, exactly super like real life. <laughs> uh, Again, can. So you know, like, so you, so you're, are you in like one thing? I played, I played a Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah. I I was twelve. You know, they were new to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they were cool. Like, if you, you know, I, I think now what they do probably would seem pretty like, pretty boring, uh, to a gamer. I don't know how much they hold up, but it's just like to see that many. Like, it wasn't even like nowadays. I hear there's like hundreds of enemies on screen, but back then to have like this big battle area that you could run around and there'd be a ton of enemies, and there would be like, you know, heroes who you could fight. It was a cool thing. Yeah, the, I played. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was gonna say, and then there were castles and stuff. Is is it like that? It's 
Oh, it's a bit more linear than that, weirdly. Like, you go through basically, a, although it's kind of opening up now in the later levels, but the other ones, it's like literally you go down a corridor and just go from place to place and kill people. And then you get cutscenes that explain the story. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that sounds all right. I, the yeah, corridor exactly. thing. I, I guess, like, that's, I guess that seems to, I can see the appeal of that. I, you know, again, yeah. like I said, the appeal to me as a kid was the kind of open endedness of it. Yeah, um, I, and, and I agree, but like Drakengard kind of, it's more boring in terms of combat than like, uh, Dynasty Warriors. That's not, that's, that's not a good, huh, all right. No, <laughs> it's not a glowing endorsement, but it's Because I don't know if I would say that Dynasty Warriors combat is what really brings all the boys to the yard. No, it's, it's not, but. <laughs> to the Dynasty Yard. The, that Dynasty Yard. That mm. Dynasty was like a f- no, no, never mind. Um, but yeah, so it's not the combat; it's literally the story because they have these like dark fantasy games set in an alternate world to ours, which is literally just an upside down map of Europe. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a timeline uh, that's kind of confusing because I think Dragon Guard Three is a prequel but i don't quite know how yet and yeah huh. so it's it's more about story and characters weirdly than it is about the fighting the sword the fighting. fighting yeah i was uh, least... not to get too far ahead of what i'm going to be talking about but i was looking yeah. at a playstation era action rpg over uh this the other day actually oh and debating I... buying it oh uh which one was it it was uh, and, and this will make sense when I'm when I'm talking about what I'm going to talk about. But I, it was Baldur's yeah. Gate Dark Alliance. I remember playing that like with people sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the appeal is that it's like it's more of a it's not doesn't play like the classic Baldur's Gate games, but it's a, more yeah. of like a Diablo style game. Yeah. And I it has multiplayer, like and I was like, oh, and I've heard really glowing things about. It. Like some people really like it. I I remember it being pretty good. Like it was, you know. A yeah. PlayStation action RPG. The problem is, but, like, when I was looking, the reason I didn't pick it up was I was looking at, it, I was like, I'd love to play this with Ben, but like that, you're you're pretty much the only person who I feel like I would really enjoy, like sitting down to play with, only because you're the only person I know who's as into D and D as I am. Yeah. Uh, Cody likes D and D, but he doesn't have the same obsessive nature uh, that yeah. we share when it comes to role playing games. He does not own second edition books despite never playing gonna play second edition yeah i don't know why i bought those i mean they were good deals i never spent a lot of money on one yeah because i'm not I a mean, psychopath <laughs> i yeah i got pretty good deals on them too uh, but yeah we'll get into that later uh yeah. so dragon guard would you recommend it would you I... be like who, who would you recommend you know you, obviously you might because you're playing it but like yeah. who do you is the ideal player for this game I know Someone you didn't design it, so inside that seems like a weird question, but uh, this is gonna sound slightly weird. But someone who really likes Japanese-style dark fantasy, that's like like Berserk or something like that. It's a pretty similar world and kind of similar characters, and that's gonna be the draw for you. And also, you're kind of an overpowered monster, so that also lines up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but I, I, guess, I, I might of... personally take a skip on it then, because it doesn't sound like it's necessarily my thing. Yeah. No, um, I, I don't think it's going to be many people's thing, but, you know, they, 
It's popular enough to make a few games. My favorite JRPGs generally feature teenagers. Yeah, inch interesting. Yeah, this one does skew older. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason. Although that is a nice segue into the next game, which is a spin-off of the first Drakengard that I've been playing, Nier or Nair. I d I don't know. I mean they it's high E, so it's I Nier Nier, Nier sounds right. I'm gonna to me. say Nier. Yeah. So Nier. Uh this game um sorry, that's interesting just because when they were making Nier, they were like, we want to target older gamers, and we want to target Western gamers. And so they came up with, like, who their protagonist was, and, like, it's going to be a teenage boy and his sister. And they're like, yeah, but Western gamers and older gamers will probably want an adult character. So they made two protagonists, one essentially for Japan, uh, who was a oh, young Oh, God, I remember teenager. this now. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I was like, because... You told you mentioned that you were playing Nier, and I was like, "Yeah, there was something weird about Nier between yeah. the Japanese and American versions, and I don't remember what it is." I actually think it was even kind of weirder because the Japanese 360 version had a uh, had the adult character, and then the PS3 version had the teenager. <laughs> but I think they might have just released it with the adult guy in the West because. I've been trying to find a copy with a teenager, and yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, but you man, know. this is not. This is a fan base that really <laughs> likes uh, your sister. Y yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I, I was just looking up images just to find <laughs> find you know, find out about it. Man, boy. There's there's a lot of those. Not they even also... like that sort of thing. Like I haven't seen anything like that. Obviously, like not at least in these first wave. But yeah. certainly a lot of, like, the fan art and a lot of the screenshots maybe focus on attributes that aren't her intelligence. Yeah. I mean, she's also prominently featured on the loading screen waving at you in silhouette with creepy black lines going over. It's, you know. Yeah, they, they, that is to targeted audience. Because I'm looking at some of these screenshots, <laughs> and man, even the makers of the game were like... Um, yeah. <laughs> like you know, hey, hey, this is—I mean, she. We're is gonna the give most her this character, character animation because when she swings her sword, it shows off her butt. Oh, that's not Nea's sister. Oh, that's not. No, that's yeah. uh, his intersex, foul-mouthed sword-playing companion. Because I was gonna say, like, I mean, her her butt gets shown off a lot too, but like, I, yes. There's a lot of confusion, it seems. Yeah, I'm seeing other images that look... It's, it's, it's you know... Yeah, no, that, that part's is, that weird. That is what it is. It's cool, if that's what you're mm -hmm. into. I'm all about it. I mean, I'm, I I mean, I'm not about it that. personally, but I'm all about yeah. you be, like other people being all about it. I will say, the first thing you hear when you load up now is that character, who you do not meet for a while, swearing at another character for oh, not I thought helping. you were going to say having a screaming orgasm. Nope. It's it's way because at least that would be honest. <laughs> I don't think this character. Uh, yeah. Um. So near. Near. Yeah. Near video game. Mhm. Mm so it's actually set in a post-apocalyptic version of our Earth. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because I think you know when Japanese games were not Jap just Japanese games, but I'm thinking mainly Silent Hill. They had like the UFO joke endings. Yeah. 
Drakengard had one of those where, like, the characters got dropped into modern-day Tokyo and then were shot down by fighter planes okay. on their dragons. So this, like, follows from that and, like, a plague took over Earth. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Wait, that falls from that, but that literally, like, is the, the plague because this, like, rift open between the two worlds? Like, did the yeah. corpses of the dragons cause this plague, like, bring this plague in? Kind of. And also, like, you came in with the evil character who apparently... I, I looked up the connection because I was like, what the hell? There's, there's no connection between these games that I can see. And I was like, oh, there's a joke ending. Got it. Got it. That is pretty intense, man. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that might be asking him a lot. Like, I can see why this game might not have been super successful in the West, just because yeah. that seems to be asking a lot of people. Um, and to, also, to a, yeah. To A have played that game and know about the con. I mean, you don't need it, but yeah. To A have played that game, finished it multiple times to get the joke ending, because usually those en sort of endings are hidden behind things. I think you actually have to beat it five times to get the joke ending. So, to know that that was a thing. I mean, there are fans who are yeah. going to know that without doing it. But, like, you know. to And then to be like, okay, we're going to launch this, like, <laughs> game in the West following this joke ending for a series that, you know, probably did well enough because they ported all of them over to the West. But, yeah. let's be real, did not set the world on fire. And then to be like, well, how are we going to make this appeal to Western audiences? Let's make him older. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's really funny to me that that was their thought process. You know what's not going to work about this for people? The fact that he's a teen. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think Western gamers like teenage Japanese character, uh, uh, JRPG characters. What's that, Cloud Strife? I mean, but that's the thing. He's like, I, he He's was, not he, he pre, he got under the wire on being allowed to be an adult. Yeah. You know, like, because right after that, the characters are explicitly teenagers in Final I'm Fantasy. I'm sorry, I should, have, I should have said Squall. Yeah, and, and look at how Western, I mean, you could see the logic there. You could certainly see yeah. the logic. Western audiences had turned against that aspect of JRPGs, so. Yes. But I just also feel like, that sort of aspect of RPGs is more a um, is more an issue. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the best way to to see this to say, to say this. Like that aspect of like teens taking over JRPGs seems more. A symptom of what might might have been wrong with that era of JRPGs, rather than the problem itself. Yeah, I would definitely say so. God, seeing st like so, they, so I'm looking at this, and it's, I'm looking at images, so it's not particularly clear what's up with the story. They just like replaced him, like they said, instead of it being the character's brother in the West, it's her father. Yeah, and who's near. It, it, and in Japan, technically, because, again, Xbox 360 got the one with the dad. Man. Yeah. What a weird... What a weird... Mm -hmm. What a weird thing. Interestingly, they're getting a sequel, which is being 
like the team that does the story for these games is doing that and the character designs and whatever but the actual gameplay is being designed by platinum games that's all right platinum games yeah. makes good games I like. I would no. rather they also made the story because usually they can make stories. I, they make stories that appeal to me more, ne- more than this would seem to. Yeah, I I don't know. The sequel actually looks kind of cool and seems to be even more divorced from everything. Well, yeah, that's what they. If you yeah, why? I hope they're not. Is it? Is that what near automata is or whatever? Yes, it is. Good. They're not putting it. They're not attaching it to to that. No, that's that's not, a smart move. Not at all, really. And it seems like it's it about seems pretty robots. cool. Yeah, it seems like it's about ancient robots. I that actually yeah. sells me on Near Automata more than it does actually playing Near. Yeah, I don't. I I do think Near is, in many ways, better than Dragon Guard. <coughs> like it's. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. You're you're saying you think it's better than Dragon Guard? Yeah, and a bit more accessible, but at the same time, it's it's not doesn't set the world on fire necessarily right it didn't set the world on fire but that, i don't know the sequel looks interesting yeah yeah i and mean platinum games makes yeah good games sometimes and then sometimes they make really bad games and you're like what are you doing platinum games platinum games why you why said you were oh. gonna make a legend of Korra game and a teenage mutant ninja turtles game and i got excited and then i played <laughs> that game and or, or man what what a real what a real you bummer s- to, to be fair, they also then made Star Fox Zero, so that was just a disappointing few years. Yeah, it's... I mean, but they, at the same time, they did Bayonetta 2, which everybody loved. Yeah, like, which is actually a pretty great game. Yeah, like, I, it just seems like... I, and there was, like, a couple years where they would put out a game, and you're like, man, this is a company that can do no wrong. Yeah, and then and then they put out... I, I actually am not sure the game. Yeah, I gotta like, look up their discography here. Yeah, I'm doing that too. So, guys, so get this year they some... had three games. They had Star Fox Zero, Star Fox God. That was that guard Star Fox God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Star Fox God. <laughs> that actually sounds like it could be a Platinum Games game too. Yeah. Um, Star Fox Guard, which is a downloadable thing. Do you know anything about that? Uh, Cody probably like... told us about that when he played the game. On the cast, I think it was. I don't a, remember. It's a tower defense game. That's which right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutants in Manhattan, um, which got panned. I th- I, want, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, next up is Neon Automata, Scalebound. Which. Those now, two actually. Look yeah, interesting. people people were excited about Scalebound, so now I understand why I didn't realize it was a platinum joint. Last yeah. year, the, the only game last year was Transformers Devastation, which I remember people liking, but I don't play the Transformers games out of a lack of interest in the source material, uh, so I couldn't tell you much about it. I It looks like the disappointing ones have been licensed games. Yeah. Like, people love... Before that, it's Legend... Uh, before that, it's Legend of Korra, which nobody liked. Then, yeah. around that time, it's Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2. And the wonderful, wonderful 101. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which is a little, which is um, a controversial, divisive, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Some people really like it. Some people don't. Um, and before then, it's just five 
great games. Yeah, yeah. Anarchy Reigns is a great game. Vanquish is a great game. I always wanted to play Infinite Space. It always seems like oh. a really cool game. I love Infinite Space. Bayonetta. It's one of my favorite. And Mad World was, was there the hardcore. I remember that. That was advertised poorly. It's like the hardcore Wii game. Yeah. Anarchy well, Reigns is genuinely a great game. Yeah. Vanquish I, I always wanted to play and I never bought for some reason. I think I got a copy at some point. I should pick that up. Yeah. I should pick up your copy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. There's Is that is that what made you... What what got... So, what got you interested in this series? Question mark? In, yeah, in this collection of games? Loosely yeah. made by one company? Yes. Um, and then not at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was actually Neo Autom- Automata. Yeah. Oh, that's a... No, because you see stuff, it looks cool. Like, I would totally yeah. imagine being like, okay, I'm going to check out the story for this stuff. And, but uh, from the sounds of it, maybe I, I won't have to. I can enjoy Neo Automata without having to go back. I would, I would say so. Well, I mean, that's pretty standard, though, for JRPGs. They're like, yeah, th- we have other games... They don't yeah, connect. No, that's, but yeah, I, I like that about JRPGs. And like when they, or if they do connect, it's usually like pretty vaguely or thematically, which I'm also into. Yeah. I, I think it's annoying when I have to like, when I'm like, well, I want to check out a series. Well, great. Just play these past six games in the series, two of which are bad, but you have to play them for the story. Yeah. And like, they're all also, they're all like 50 plus hours. I now feel like you're just talking about Metal Gear Solid until the 50-plus hours. Well, I don't know, man. I played 50 hours of Metal Gear Solid Five, and I'm yeah. maybe halfway through the missions in that game. At yeah, some point, before, I was just like, I'm done with this. But before five, it was usually like, this is a 20-hour game, but you only play it for eight hours. Yeah, there were like eight to ten hours. Those are, those, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm forgetting that aspect of it. I don't know, like, I used to play, I could do a playthrough of Metal Gear Solid 4 if I skipped cutscenes in four hours, easily. Yeah, that's a, that's a good sit, though, those those cutscenes that usually take longer than the game. Oh, they I, were like, they had like two hours, that was like the two hour. that was the one where it was just insane, like two hour cutscenes. Although I preferred I, that to Metal Gear Solid 2, where it was like, you would always go into the dumb, um, I got so sick of the codex screen in that game. I, I did not, I, I... I like Metal Gear Solid 2, but I think it might be my least favorite. I would tend to agree. Um, and not, yeah, for reasons like that. Yeah. Not for the reason of its protagonist being different. That's fine. No, no, Ryan's cool. Yeah. He's a cool teen. He's he's a cool teen who gets a samurai sword. Come on, guys. Yeah, he That's... got cooler with time. <laughs> Although I never got... I, ne- I never liked the samurai sword in that, in that game just because no. it did not... That was not a game designed for uh, samurai swords. Yeah. That shot lightning or whatever. <laughs> and then he became the cyber ninja in 4, and he was... Oh, God. I should yeah. play Metal Gear Rising. It's weird that I haven't... It's available on Steam, I want to say, right? It is. Yeah, definitely play it. Yeah. I have only played the demo, but it was good. I didn't have money at the time to buy it. Yeah. I've got a lot of other games to play through, though, before I get to that. Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. I, I'm cautiously optimistic for this Nia thing. So I've been, um, I, yeah, uh, and, keep an eye oh, out. We got yeah, more conversation out of that than I would have thought. I, I yeah. really didn't think I'd have much to say about Nier, but turns out there's something going on with that game. Yeah, it's got, it's got something, and one of that things is a lot of weird fan art. Anyways. 
so I so we've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um. Which has been fun. Mm-hmm. It's actually been a lot of fun for me. Uh, the yeah. past couple weeks, like. I'm glad. So we had we were we've been playing. You want you want to know what's insane, uh, Ben? Do you know yes. how many months we've been playing, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition when we started this game? Guess how many months ago it was. Ooh, nine. Uh, you know what? You are, it's six. It's only six. Damn. Close. Yeah. Yeah. No, because we started back in like March and. Oh, I, I right. see, because we stopped playing Star Wars in January and then took a couple yeah. week, month break. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that now. And it has been rough roads. Of we've been losing, we bled players out pretty intensely. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's kind of we've gotten some people back. We've gotten a lot of new players, and it's gotten so intense for starting a second game. Yeah. Uh, so and we're now going to be playing weekly starting next week. Sweet. Um. Nice. And so, uh, we've been playing uh, the module Curse of Strahd. Yeah, so at some point things were so rough, I was like, I just... when we, We'd taken a month break from the D&D game, and I yeah. was just like, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I'd sit down and try to think of an adventure, um, and I just didn't have any more ideas. I'd been kind of stretched it, out, to be honest. It, it didn't... Um, there were some other factors with that. Um, mostly just the original adventure had been pretty character-focused. Yeah, and then we lost all those characters and a lot of the players, too. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what I'd like to do is something along the lines of, like, have a vampire. So I was watch- I was playing... Oh, you know what it was? We- it was back when we were talking about playing through all the Resident Evil games and talking about them on the show. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, playing Resident Evil, the HD remake, and I was like, wow, this is great. I wish I could do something like this. And, and then... I had Curse of Strahd. I had a copy of it. I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to come... I'm going to spend time coming up with an adventure. Why not just run a good module? Yeah. I'd never been a module runner in the past, and I think that was a mistake. Modules are I... actually awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think also, from what I've seen, modules are now better than they used to be in some ways. Yeah, there are definitely some classic modules, but certainly oh, yeah. they've like expanded out what a module can be. A module is no longer, hey, uh, remember the Tomb of... What is it? The Tomb of Horrors or the Temple yes. of Elemental Evils, two classic yeah. modules. Two classic modules where it's just like, hey, do you want to die? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love... Cause... I've been thinking about... That might be after... Start, we're do, uh, we might do the, uh, the remake of uh, oh. Temple of Elemental Evil. Oh, I was actually, I thought you were going to say the t- a remake of the uh, Tomb of Horrors. I have that, that for 4th edition, and I've always wanted to run it. I got it on sale when, like, uh, what was it? What what Borders, when Borders yes. was going out. I got a oh, copy not... of that on sale. And I've never been able to run it because I've never gotten a 4E party to a level 11. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. after one of these games, we're going to be at, like, level 11. Yeah, I'd maybe convert it to 5e and see what we can do. Yeah, I'd, I'd say yes. So, um, uh, so. But, uh, and so, do you, Rob, do you have any video game recommendations? Kind um, of D&D? Oh, yeah, so, so now that we're doing a second game, I decided I was go- yeah. going to uh, do Storm King's Thunder for the other game. 
which I bought as a Roll20 module. So all the maps are already done, all the tokens are in place. I, it's actually interesting. Sorry, because I looked into this Yeah. before. I don't think you can buy just a flat-out PDF. You have to buy it, like, as a... Yeah, you either buy the book Steam or you can... even? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's like, a Fantasy Grounds thing that you can get yeah. into. The, I would have tried that because they had Curse of Strahd on there. The problem uh-huh. is everybody needs to have bought into uh, the Fantasy yeah. Grounds thing, and I just don't want to ask my party to do that. Yeah. Um, so I figured out a way to do the maps and stuff in Curse of Strahd, but this, they're already designed and put in there. It's about the price of the book, and it comes with, like, all the text is in the journal. Um, yeah. So it's actually kind of useful. Uh, you can read through it in, in portions that way. It's not my favorite way to read through an adventure, but, you know, it's pretty interesting. I'm still... I've I've been busy because we're not going to be playing that for another two weeks. So I've been busy trying to cram in all of the Curse of Strahd preparations so I can get cracking on Storm King's Thunder. So I've yet to really delve into it. Um, and I've been... There was a sale on GOG.com this past mm-hmm. week um, where they had a bunch of role-playing games on sale. So I bought the enhanced editions of the Baldur's Gate games uh, as well as Icewind Dale. And they actually released a... A, a new expansion pack to the first Baldur's Gate game. Oh. Have you yeah, seen this? Siege I, of Dragonspear? I did see that, um, and I was wondering what that was. Yeah, uh, it's it's, it's like, they talked about doing this back when they first started, is that eventually they would start doing original content for these games as well. I, I'm interested to see how that works. It looks... Yeah, hmm. me too, because I'm, I'm going to sit down. I've never played through them those games in, to completion. Yeah. So I was thinking I would sit down with the first game, and try to play through all of it and, like, bring a character. Because that was, like, you know, one of the earliest games where you could, bring like, export a character and bring them to the different, through the different adventures. Yeah. And bring them into multiplayer also. And, like, carry it over into the next game. Yeah. And you can play Baldur's Gate 2 without doing that, but I always felt like it was a, a, a lesser experience. I always wanted to see what it was like to have yeah. that. But then, so what do I do? Do I... Obviously, I play through the first two expansions. Like, the first expansion for Baldur's Gate, the original one. But then do I go to Siege of Dragonspear, or do I go to Baldur's Gate 2 and then go back to Siege of Dragonspear? Ooh. I'd, I'd say you go to Dragonspear. Yeah, I kind of have to, right? Because that's still yeah. part of Baldur's Gate 1. Yeah. I mean, I... I, 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 don't, I don't see why you would just go to Baldur's Gate 2, because Baldur's Gate 2 kind of... Well, the Baldur's Gate 2, that's another thing. It, like, picks up right after Baldur's Gate 1, right? And it's a pretty... Yeah. Great story. That was the one situation. I played the most of those, except they maybe Planescape Torment. Though I think I played a little bit more, just because I found the story of that immediately engrossing. Yeah. Well, because it, it just drops you into the crap, and you're a high level, so it's kind of yeah, fun, it's fun. different. Like, my problem with Baldur's Gate 1, the reason I never got far, is that it takes so long to level up in those games. Oh, yeah. And, like... They so I'm actually one of the reasons I'm excited about the enhanced edition is I bought it for iOS a while ago, which is a mm-hmm. terrible version of those games. I do not recommend it. Yeah. Um, but the plus side is I found out that they finally added a quest tracking system in that oh. game. Not a no. like you know here's an icon on the screen to show you where to go thing, but you actually have a journal that is you had a yeah. journal in the old ones, but it was literally like a record of your thing and did not track quests. Now there is a like quest list. Quest. It journal. also. It would have, like, quests, various texts from different quests all, like, muddled together. It was not a good system. It was before no. they'd figured that out. Yeah. 
I want to say, though, the other games in that rough mythos had a way better one system, had way better systems for that. Because they were like, oh, this is impossible. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if, like, the later ones did. I, I, again, I haven't played much Icewind Dale, so I can't speak to that. I think I remember Icewind Dale having a bit... Maybe just that Icewind Dale was more linear, at least at first. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. I mm, I did like Icewind Dale, though it was, you know, obviously... I, I, I never played that one. That's one of the ones I've... I, I, oh, I remember I created a party for that, and then, did, like, maybe played ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty... Weirdly standard, at least at first. It's just like, yo, you're a nice wind, Dale. Some shit's going down. I've heard the general word about that game is that it's not, the story isn't as good as the past games, but the gameplay is maybe the best one. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I like that you create your own party. It makes me want to create our party in those games. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be fun. (laughs) And you could do the greatest hits of it. I tried doing that in Baldur's Gate. I tried to create everybody, but I couldn't make an elf monk. Oh. Because obviously we're, it's, you know, second edition. We're playing fifth edition. Yeah. So there are restrictions on what races could do what classes back then. Yeah. Um, I mean, always... your character, you're playing a human fighter, so that's pretty standard. Yep. Uh, I'd prob- I would probably make him a multi-class just to represent some of his more magical and other abilities. Yeah, because you can now do that in fifth edition. It was in second edition. Second edition that was starting to be like, yeah, you can multi-class, but first. Yeah, second edition you, has multi-classing, so yeah. they have that. Um, you were a fighter, you were a fighter, and then... And you, then I guess Elf Thief is, would be our other one. Oh, and now yeah. we have a Goliath fighter. A Goliath barbarian who's joining us. But I don't think they had the Goliath race in, in those games. No, uh, I don't... I want to say they didn't. Nah. I think it was like Half-Orc would be the closest. Yeah, that's probably what I would go with. Yeah. What's that? Isn't that far off? But I haven't played those games yet because I already owned uh, a copy of Pillars of Eternity. But this kind of free interest made me decide I wanted to sit down and give that one a try first because it's kind of a newer one. Yeah. Um, I also, because it was on sale, decided to get the Royal Edition of it oh, we... to nice. come with all those like extra goodies and stuff. Um, which I, I forget the... what? Yeah, I forget the edition I have. I think it's maybe I I don't know. <laughs> It's pretty cheap right now extra. on the GOG sale. I don't know if that will be true once this goes up. Yeah. Um, but it's cool because I actually think it's interesting. I was looking at it. I was like, this is enough information. That if you wanted to run your own D&D campaign in Pillars of Eternity, you totally could. Oh, yeah. With the material <laughs> that you got in that edition. So I thought that might be a fun thing if, if I ever get way into that and want to do that for our group. I do like the setting of that game quite a lot, actually. So far, that's what's drawn me in the most. Um, the gameplay, yeah. it's starting to get difficult, so that's kind of cool. But I also, like, so I have I have trouble with those stu- with that style of art role-playing game. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I, I put I went with easy, because they said that that's good for beginners for this style of game. So, And, and I do like that game, because even easy, it's still challenging. No, it's, it's, like it's totally challenging. One. It's not the easiest setting. Like, there's two set easy yeah. settings. Like, everything, there's now six different SKUs, and then... You could turn on different factors and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's I, I've reached a point where it's actually challenging, but it's a good point to become challenging. Yeah. There's also, you can just want it to parts of the map where you were woefully unprepared to deal with stuff in that yeah. game. Like, I was uh, I kind of, you know, getting full of myself. I was like, I'm like a level 10 party. This is going to be rad. 
then I wandered to a place that was just nothing but dragons. I was like, oh, we're fucked. But that happened to us in our game, in our Curse of Strive yeah. game. Every, I, you know what I, I was wondering about? I was like, how could everyone gotten so careless? Because after, like, a few sessions of, like, because we'd, we'd lost our party once in Curse of Strive just from a random encounter. Everyone had gotten wiped. Yeah. Like, I was like, how could they have been so careless? And I was like, you know what? I wonder if, like, I... Well, you guys had successfully gotten through the death house area. Actually, everyone not, was knocked out at the end, so, hmm. Anyway. Yeah. But we, and then we introduced two new players, so I was wondering if everybody felt emboldened by having more players. I think so. I, I liked your turn, your face around that, because you were one of the players who's like, oh, yeah, we should go figure this is, uh, what it is. Then when you got there, you are like, ah, you know what? Maybe this isn't a great idea. Yeah. Hey, come on. It wasn't a great idea. No, it didn't. <laughs> Definitely was not. No. Um, no, not at all. You, who knows? You might have to. We've yet to do the uh, card draw, which determines where items are. You guys might have to go back there. Uh. Maybe wait till you level up before you do so. Yeah, I think so. I think we should wait a, a tiny bit, a tiny bit. Although uh. leveling up in Curse of Strahd is interesting because the our first adventure has everyone at level three. Although the yeah. two new characters I put in at level two, only because uh, not to like, you know, only because um, I was worried about six players, yeah, making it too easy. Because <laughs> that's like two additional slots in the initiative round, and you know, attack, you know, all those things that heroes yeah. have. Of course. So um, I put them in at level two, and that seems to have bounced. I think that did good, a good job, because you guys went into that fight and got beat pretty easily. Yeah, which is where, which is how it should have been at that point. Yes. Uh, Ironic thing, if you guys had a, uh, so what happened was they found a hag who was selling pastries made from grinded up human, uh, from grinded up children. It's pretty vicious. Yeah. Uh, which... And they forced her to take her back to, um, this this woman. They forced this woman to take her back to, like where I... she was doing it. This guy definitely. Has played the Apocalypse Stone. Um, Sorry, that's a plot point in that game. Yeah. And yeah, continue. Um, no, uh, I was just gonna say. Um, and uh, they took her back. They made her take her back them back to her mill, where her uh, she turns out turned out to be a hag with a coven. And hags with covens, like, are basically treated as higher-level enemies than they normally are because of the powers they grant. Yeah. And so the party got wiped pretty quickly. Although you guys managed to escape. No, everyone, I mean, everyone survived, right? Yeah. So there we go. Okay. I I have something to admit. Chris's Mm -hmm. character shouldn't have gotten out of there. Yeah, that would be. I felt so bad that I purposefully flubbed those roles. Do you feel like there's maybe too many members of the group now that there are six? I don't think so. I just, I, I don't know them, like, at all. Yeah. Is the thing outside of this? Them. So I know the characters, and I, like, would recognize the voices. I just don't know their names right now. Because I'm yeah. bad with names. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be curious. I think it will be fine. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows how it plays out? Listen, this has proved a pretty lethal game so far. Yeah. You know, I'm sure if we have too many people, it'll work itself out somehow. Guys, yeah, just remember that people who want to play Curse of Strahd, it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's not, I, you know, I like that about it, because it yeah. feels good uh, to kill a bunch, no, it feels good to uh, 
have a game that isn't just easy. Yeah, I'm curious though if Storm King's Thunder is going to be the same or if it's going to be a bit more typical. D&D. I don't know. It's pretty. It seems looking at the encounters, it seems pretty intense. How that? Okay. You know, like it's meant to start at level five. Like the first chapter is an adventure to bring you guys up to level five. Okay. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So all right, we're gonna get into some high level play pretty quickly with Storm King Thunder, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I've. It's yeah. I have not. Again, I didn't want to spoil anything, but the the back of the uh, book seemed really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I um. So Storm. So. Curse of Strahd is an open world game. Yeah. Uh, like, you pretty much drop the players in. You can drop them in at different points. Oh. Um, there's no, like, set. You can. There are different points where players can be dropped in. I've dropped you guys in in the same point for uh, two reasons. But one, because that's just how. What I want to do with the story. And uh-huh. two, because I was worried about you guys getting, ending up in a too high a level of a place too early. Yeah. Uh, which happened anyway, so I don't know why I cared. <laughs> <laughs> it's Oh, man. Players are going to get into high-level shenanigans. Yeah, when and Curse of Strahd. It is just, yeah. you can, there's nothing stopping you from feet one to just walk right into Ravenloft. And in fact, I, some of the impression I get is that you might actually at some point have to go into Ravenloft and then come back out if you want to get some, like for side I, quests and stuff. I, you, you know, the weird thing is, I could, my character's a noble, so he has noble, I think it's like noble privilege or something. He could just request an audience with Strahd. I mean, you could just go in, I think. Yeah, totally. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm saying like. Oh, that might actually be a thing. You, you could do. like, there's like rules for that. Interesting. Yeah. I'll be curious because I'm going to have, I'm going to have Strahd make his debut appearance next session. Nice. So. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I've been working on the voice for him. Um. Yeah, so oh. that's. Oh, uh, and but Storm King Thunder instead it's a little more lean, linear than that. But there's also a point where you can have branching paths. Oh. Uh, like you can choose to go take on one enemy or another one. Uh, and then they have a thing at the end where you can then, like, once you're level ten, you can then go back and do those adventures again and increase the difficulty of, of them. So you can go even higher level if that's what you want. If you don't like an in-story way to bring your characters up to, like, 15. There's wow. a way to do that. Jesus. So this this is just a... That's a weird campaign strategy in a way, because I'm, like, at 15... I don't know. I think that's where, if you're like, something. hey, I want to do some high-level play, let's do... But I want to start from the beginning. Let's do Storm King's Thunder. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... Like while we're mop- in the weeks that we're mopping that up, I can come up with a like a f- level fifteen campaign or something. Yeah, uh, we All might right. not do that. I might not make that an option or make that option apparent. Uh, just because I, what I was thinking is after we finish Curse of Strahd, we might do another. We might move back to doing some Star Wars for a little bit. Okay. And I was thinking people can move their Curse of Strahd characters over to Storm King's Thunder. Oh, since oh, we'll okay. probably be at a similar level if you think about since we're going to be like you know first chapter level five by the end of yeah. it, like and give us the option maybe. Of, yeah, yeah. Nice. Or like if a character dies in those higher levels, instead of making a new character, um, yeah. 
We could bring in one of the Curse of Strahd characters if we're done that adventure by then. Oh, that's that's a cool idea. I like that. <clears throat> so yeah, this I, this led me on like down a path of like I should just get every D and D game that I easily can. And so I was I was at a store looking at a copy of Baldur's Gate: Docker Alliance. No, nice. I would have bought it, but I thought I might be able to get it cheaper somewhere else. So I went to price shop around. Also, I wanted to get a GameCube version of it rather than a PlayStation version. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I hope because... Not because... Unfortunately, you can't do four-player with that game. Just because I like the GameCube. <coughs> yeah, it's... It's a kind of better console. It's a fun console. It'll be a fun yeah. time. It's or great. an Xbox. I, w- I would even take an Xbox version of it. Uh, over a... Just because, you know... Yeah. Is that for Xbox? I'm pretty sure it is. I think so. Because I Good. also... Yeah. Well, I love my PS2. It is the worst looking worst looking of those three. I, it was amazing. I remember I got um, one of the Harry Potter games. I think the second one? For yeah. the PlayStation. Because that was just what I'd gotten that Christmas. So I wanted as many games for it as possible. Of course. Um, and I... Had a, I had a Nintendo Power subscription, so what I would use when I needed help with the guide, like I would use the Nintendo Power for the guide. And I remember looking at one point at the um, the uh, the character models in the guide for the GameCube version, and it looked better. <laughs> and I was just like, "What?" Like the the spider enemies had more of a pronounced face to them, and I was like, "What the f- is going on?" Yeah. Good job, Nintendo, ruining, making thing. I don't know. There is a, I Sony. remember, so here are the versions. PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube, and Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Obviously, the Game Boy oh. Advance version is pretty different. Yeah. But if you're looking for a good portable D&D game, that might be one of the few. Maybe. I think they Poss- also did, like, an Eye of the Beholder game for the Game Boy Advance or something, so. I think, is it just a straight-up Eye of the Beholder? Because you can yeah, actually yeah. do that pretty easily. Yeah, no, that, that would be totally, like, I feel like I've heard this is a thing. Let me, I have the Beholder. Yeah. Uh, games. <laughs> uh, at SNES and Sega CD, I'm saying, for I have the Beholder. Yeah, it might have been, like, a sequel oh. version. Or, you know what, maybe that was, I'm thinking that because there was a Beholder on the cover of Dark Alliance for the Game Boy. Actually, <laughs> I just found the Game Boy Advance version. Oh, so nice. Oh, yeah, here it down, is. Yeah. Only four basic character classes. Possesses the same plot, but this is not a port, technically. Huh. And it bears a stronger resemblance to the Goldbox games. Cool. That's pretty cool. I've been thinking about getting into those once I'm done with uh, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, they're all pretty affordable on the... Uh, yeah. On Gog. Yeah, I, I was thinking them. of doing Pool of Radiance and, and trying that one, just because that's mm-hmm. kind of the classic one. Yeah, there's also the Ravenloft games on there. Which yeah, are... they did a lot of them, and not all of them are on Gog, but you can yeah. play a lot of them if you want on the uh, DOS emulator on archive.org. Mm-hmm. I think they're all up there. And they have the Dark Sun games, which that's pretty. I cool. like. Yeah. That might be one I'd check out after Pool of Radiance. Oh, yeah. That's 10 bucks for two pretty sweet game well one pretty sweet game and then one very buggy but also sweet game you know i always imagined that you would have done a dark alliance camp 
Uh, not Dark Alliance. Uh, Dark Sun campaign at some point. I I theoretically still could. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah, you could you port have most to, of that like, stuff. You'd have to, yeah, you could port most of that stuff. Or you could just do a 4E version. You could do the 4E yeah. version. Hey, guys, want to wanna go to a place where you're uh, utterly uh, dying of thirst? Guess what? You're no longer lawful good, Connor. Kill that guy. That I mean, that's because you... I always think of you as like a real post-apocalyptic type guy. For some reason, Dark Sun just strikes me as your personality. There's like the post-apocalyptic thing, which isn't 100% like your thing all the time. Yeah. But I feel like that kind of mixed with its cool sort of backstory and like the fact that it's like a, a magical apocalypse. It's It's got a nice dying earth feel that I'm very into because I love dying earth things. It's like, it's the reason why I always like Eberron, is because it's like cool magic punk stuff. Yeah. And the I reason, love that. The reason I really want to like Nymeria is also because it's one of the only other two dying of things, but it just always seems a bit not for me. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I feel like there must be an audience for that game, because you see they're like, you see... Uh, like, they have a bunch of modules that they sell via the Roll20 thing, so people must be oh, into yeah. it, right? I I think so. I think, I mean, there are lots of people who really like Monty Cook as a designer. And Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be more it, because the setting itself has never seemed to be the appeal, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I talked to you guys about Drakengard, so I clearly do not have my... Finger on the pulse of anything hip. Well, I mean, with role-playing games especially, like, once you get pretty much beyond Dungeons & Dragons, like, yeah. it then just gets into, like, hardcore audiences. Oh, yeah. Is pretty primarily. Like, there's a pretty casual D&D audience out there. I mean, as casual as you can get considering the rules of D&D. Yeah, but... Well, that's the interesting thing, though, right? Like, the weirdly... I think the... A lot of uh, systems that have much simpler rules are for, quote-unquote, harder core. I have always thought that weird. You would think, like, Fate would be the most popular role-playing game of all time. Oh, yeah, but it's not. It's Dungeons & Dragons, because it has, you know... And that's actually... I've I've gotten this, like, argument, especially when arguing, like, about 4E, especially where people are just like, well, it's more of a tactical game. I'm like, Dungeons & Dragons has always been, like, one of the most complex... It started off as a tactical strategy game, like, as a strategy board game. Like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, well, that's not how, you know, that's not the case. That's not true. And it's like, well, that's just because you were in a group that didn't incorporate all the rules. Yeah. Like, I incorporate all the rules, and it is difficult for people. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. And also, I don't know. But I like it. I mean, I'm all about it. It's just, it's interesting to me that that is the one that made it through when there are RPGs. Like, I remember talking, I, you talk to people, are like, oh, I don't know about that World of Darkness. It seems so weird. And it's like, World of Darkness is so simple. So simple. And it's all, like, everyday things that you would do. Yeah. Plus vampires or werewolves or whatever. Yeah, it's all mapped to something that you actually know. And then, you know, you just basically roll it. It's like, well, how do you figure yeah. out the, these dice, D10 systems seem complicated. It's like, just roll that many D10s. If you get over a certain number, you succeed. Yeah. It's it's actually insanely simple. Yeah. What? It's only or, complicated because of the the world is so complex. Yeah. And I will say I think it's actually though cuz D&D was for the longest time kind of the simplest one. 
Yeah. Like maybe RuneQuest, but that actually I think that was more complex. Wait, in, in what? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, back in, in terms of the, yeah, like the eighties. Yeah. Yes. And so like, it just gained such a big advantage because it was like this is the simplest one that you learn how to do things, and then people. Well, well I think it's D&D. also because it's the first. Oh yeah. And the biggest, and like I think it is, you know, like. I totally got out of D&D for a couple of years while we were deep into the Star Wars game, but coming back to it, it is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Like, it's a well-designed game. You know, they but, do, yeah, they well, do a totally. good job when they make a D&D game. You, you, I mean, sometimes they make a third edition, but yeah, usually it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But then they make 3.5, and it's still not perfect, but people love it, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's... Mm, 3.5 has never quite done it for me, but yeah. No, I, I personally tend to agree, but... Like, you know what? Hey, for some people... I always find it weird, though, because, like, I'll argue about it with it, because I think, for you, personally, I prefer it to 3.5. I also like 5e a lot, so... Yeah. Um, oh, I really like 5e. Oh, actually. 5e is awesome. Um, but, uh, like, when I argue with people sometimes, like, you know, and by argue, I just mean have a conversation. Yeah. When I talk to people about it, a lot of them are like, well, that's my... Fr-. Like, I like it because that's the one I got introduced to D&D in. And I, that always annoys me because I got introduced to D&D through 3.5 too. That's how I started playing. And yeah. I switched to 4E when I read about it. <laughs> when you I was were like, like, no, oh. this seems much better. I, I, also, I will say a more compelling argument for me is that because it went on for a while, a lot of more source books for 3.5. But again, yeah, there, there were a lot. You'd be surprised. 4E eventually became like oh, that. Yeah. Like, I... You know, like, that's the thing. That's the real reason they do a new edition is yeah. because they want to break it down to its, like, to the core three books. Yeah. Like, when they do a new edition, it's because they've made so many books that they're like, okay, it's become too large for people to get into. We'll make a new edition so it'll get some press. But also because mm. then we can have the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Player's Handbook, and the Monster Manual, and that's all you need. Because that is all you really need to play Dungeons yeah. & Dragons. In any um, edition. Exactly. It seems, maybe I'm incorrect, but it seems like they're being more restrained with 5e in terms of that stuff. I find that so, yeah, I kind of like that about it. There have been very few source books. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, there's the, I mean, there's basically, there's the Sword Coast source book. The Swords Coast source book, and that's about it. I'm thinking of getting that today to read up on Forgotten Realms a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, I... I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, yeah, some campaign set. I like those books, because you don't need them, unless you want to run a thing in that setting, and then the players don't necessarily need them. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they haven't done any campaign settings yet. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing these adventures, though, and I think Curse of Strahd probably... Yeah. Depending on how well that does, that might lead into a Ravenloft setting. I think they wanted to actually do it as a module, because that's how it originally was, you know? Oh, yeah. It didn't become one until... It didn't become a set until third... When there were, like, settings for everything. Everything got yeah. a setting. I mean, um, yeah. It was a cool setting, though. Because there's some... I think what's interesting is that you could actually use the module as a setting. Oh, yeah, totally. In um, fact, it actually... There is a... Uh, it leaves it open for a sequel at the end of, of Curse of Strahd. Yeah. But oh. not for them to do. Like, where it's like, you know, eventually Strahd, like, reforms. Because, you know, he can't be killed forever. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if you wanted to be like, well, now I'm going to do an adventure that's, like, a couple years later with, where the characters are brought back to Ravenloft. Yeah. And now Shroud's I, a level 20 enemy. Oh, I will say, sorry, another thing I liked about Ravenloft is just the way... 
clerical magic works there is supposedly that in second edition there's no gods on Ravenloft, but it doesn't matter because your spells will still be answered just by the eldritch horrors that rule that that uh, domain. Hmm. Yeah. Which can turn clerics and stuff evil, which is funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's none of that stuff that I've noticed in, in 5e, but there's yeah, certainly, they ha- it does have enough, like, spells. It hasn't come up too much because you guys haven't used too many spells. The only spell yes. I can see used where it comes up is Alarm, but I don't think you guys actually use that one. I don't think so. I think you were I going f- to, but you never, it never actually got you. Like, you used the spell, but it never got triggered. Yeah. Um, but what's cool is that in that, uh, like, when you do it there, the alarm sound is a high-pitched scream. Oh, nice. Like, if you use magic hand, it's a skeletal hand that appears. I'm into that. I feel like that's a similar type yeah. thing that we're going for. I'm, 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 yeah. I like Curse of Strahd. It's a good uh, setting, video gamesman. Yeah, it's good. And so, yeah, you could, I mean, you, they describe it enough that you could, use, so you could set adventures there. Yeah. It's pretty open ended that way. But so, yeah, I think that's been an hour. Should we uh, call it? Yeah, I think so. All right. I've been Rob Zakes. I've been Ben Gallagher. And make sure all your dice rolls are a critical hit. I stole that from a podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Rate and review us on iTunes.